Hello and welcome back to the Dry Jan Like a Sober Rebel mini-series on the start of day five. So if you're doing this actually in dry January, you're now approaching the weekend. And so I thought it would be a great time to begin the conversation about navigating social events and nights out in this first sober month, or any time really. For some people, the thought of sober socialising is too much to consider in the first month of sobriety. And this is 100% personal choice as to when you decide to dip your toe into that particular pond. But for those who just want to get straight out there or who've already got commitments they need to go to, then this episode is for you. For those of you on a 30-day stint, what's really helpful is to challenge and change those beliefs about socialising sober and to try them out. But if you're feeling fragile, as I say, don't do it. The main thing is before considering any sort of socialising when it comes to doing it alcohol-free, wherever you are on your sober journey, the key thing to have done is to have identified those thoughts or beliefs you have about socialising and alcohol, because you're bound to have them and to challenge them and change them. We've all got thoughts about it. We've been surrounded by the messages that to have fun you need to have a drink in your hand. Social media is saturated with images of people holding up drinks to the camera to show everyone what a lovely time they're having. And all these things get absorbed into our subconscious. We can't help it. So let's put the thought that you can't socialise without alcohol into the dock for a moment and really build a case around it. Do you really need alcohol to have fun? Is a night out not the same if you aren't getting hammered? Think about it objectively. Could it be potentially the thing that often jeopardises a good time? If you're anything like me, I 100% bought into this idea that a meal out or a party just wasn't the same without alcohol. I used it at times for social confidence, sometimes to tolerate events or even people that I didn't feel relaxed around. And pretty much every event had to include it, or I just wasn't interested in going. But is it enjoyable? Again, I looked at the very nature of alcohol being an anaesthetic. So this is just my experience. At best, it made me sleepy. At worst, it made me angry. Oh, the rows and misunderstandings I've had over the years thanks to having too much to drink. And I can honestly say, I don't have rows now. Honestly, my husband and I genuinely don't. We have conversations, disagreements, we discuss things. We may even have a little sulk, but we certainly don't row. And on the sleepy front, I've spent so many times trying to stay the right side of drunk so that I'm not falling asleep in the corner. That's not fun. Let's look at the fact that alcohol is also dulling your responses and uninhibiting your behaviours. So you'll say things you wouldn't. And that isn't always a good thing. And you'll do things that you wouldn't do. And what seems like fun and laughter at the works do one minute when you tell your boss what you really think of the culture of a company soon comes back to bite you on the arse the next day. And I can assure you of that one from personal experience. We've all had those moments of waking up and looking at your phone or getting flashbacks from things you've said or done when you've had a few and cringing. It isn't fun at all when you look back at it like that, is it? What is fun 
are the people you're with, the quick wit, which let's face it, gets dulled after a few drinks, the company and the situation or the experience you're engaged in, all of which gets zoned out from your recollection when you're drinking. You aren't truly present for that event or celebration. It's definitely a learning process though. If you've spent years relying on alcohol to socialise and to celebrate, it's just strange when you choose to do it sober. My own personal observations are that I'm a heck of a lot fussier around who I socialise with now. As a drinker, I didn't really care as long as we were sharing a bottle of something and enabling each other to drink. And I really am ashamed to say that. But I'm more fussy with the events and the activities I go to now as well. I do prefer daytime things and for my evenings to be for family and early nights. But that's not to say I'm not up for a party. I'm just more than likely going to want to leave before it gets messy. I personally didn't engage massively in social events in the first month because I didn't have anything in the diary. But if your sobriety is longer term, you'll have to go to them at some point. So the key is preparing and having some tools in your armory. So I asked the sober community for their tips on sober socialising. So to begin with, the first piece of advice is to have an answer ready when somebody asks you, why aren't you drinking? And this isn't about alcohol itself. It's about how other people feel when you aren't imbibing alcohol with them. Sometimes that's just simply that they're shocked. They're not used to seeing you without a drink in your hand. So don't let this knock your confidence in your decision to have this break or to start your sober journey, whichever it is you're doing. You can just answer that you're on a health kick or that you're on a challenge or that you're taking a 30 day break or a 90 day break or one year no beer. It doesn't matter. You don't owe anyone an explanation. And Leah, Sober South Sea Squad, has a brilliant piece of advice, and that's to use the three drink observation. If you feel you're struggling or you have a romanticised idea of having a drink when you're out and about, if it starts creeping into your mind, and she mentioned this when I interviewed her. And this is to get you to notice that the first couple of drinks that people have don't really show the true reality of alcohol. And it can lull you into thinking you're missing out, but you're not. To begin with, people seem to be enjoying themselves. They're laughing and seeming to relax. But once they're on their third drink, that's when the reality really sets in. People begin speaking louder, listening less. They may get a glazed look and the evening tends to go downhill from there. So if you find yourself tempted at the start of the evening, wait a bit and watch because you'll soon realise there's nothing tempting about it at all. So thank you for that one, Leah. The next tip is from Powered by Soda Water, and that's Jason. Find out where you're going to be socialising and message the venue's page to inquire what alcohol-free options they have before you arrive and make your decision before you go. He says he's done this many a time and it takes away any anxiety or uncertainty. I read somewhere, and I can't remember where to give them proper credit, but that it's always about refusing the first drink. That's the only drink you need to worry about. So when you go somewhere, make sure you know before you walk in and before you walk up to the bar what you're going to order. Don't leave it until you arrive at the bar. And then once you've made that choice and it's an alcohol-free option, you've answered any questions that people might have, 
or dealt with any comments they might make. You've then committed to your evening being alcohol-free. You won't have to answer the same questions. In fact, if you then go and order an alcoholic drink, you'd have to answer more questions than if you carried on alcohol-free. So it's all about making that choice for your first drink. Once you've done that, the rest of the evening will flow. Another great tip is to visualise before the event, walking into that building or that room and walking up to the bar and choosing beforehand the drink of choice. Imagine yourself and visualise yourself ordering that and then sitting down with your friends and joining in with the conversation. You can share with other people if you want to, or you can keep it to yourself that you're sober, but it's always a really good idea when there's a lot of people in a situation or a big social event that the person you're with knows you're sober and that you want to stay that way and so that they can support you. It doesn't matter if they're drinking or not. You just need someone on your side that knows what you're looking to achieve. And that's the other thing. Don't worry if it doesn't feel natural, if you feel awkward or any sort of discomfort. That's quite normal. You're doing something differently and discomfort happens. It's not the end of the world. It doesn't mean you're not having a nice time. It just means it feels different to you. And soon that different feeling will become the norm. And this is a bit of an obvious one, but drive. And don't become the taxi for everybody because you might not want to stay the whole evening. Again, I'm not saying that everybody that's sober is going to want to leave by nine o'clock or anything like that. You can stay till three in the morning, but what you have is choice. And if the evening does get messy, you can get out of there. Just keep reminding yourself how amazing you're going to feel getting into bed that night with your pyjamas on, taking your makeup off if you wear makeup, brushing your teeth and climbing into bed, reading a book maybe, going to sleep and waking up refreshed the next day. No embarrassing texts, no cringy flashbacks, no blacking out, no having to apologise. That smile as you wake up every time you're sober is the reward for any discomfort you faced the night before. And some evenings are just not enjoyable. Sometimes we've used alcohol to get through them. So you can start to be a little bit more discerning like I am. A really good piece of advice I got from someone very early on was that if you're going to somebody's house or you're going to a dinner party or a house party, take your own drinks. Because although somebody may know you're sober, they may not have thought to provide for you because sadly, not everyone does. So if you fancy alcohol-free beer, if you want sparkling water or tonic water, just make sure you take some and then your drinks are covered. And again, on the mindset thing, the biggest thing is deciding that you're going to have fun. Decide in advance that you are going to enjoy it. And flipping that mindset from socialising only being fun with alcohol to that event being fun anyway. And I think it's often true that alcohol gets the credit for a lot of things when it shouldn't do. It gets the credit for fun being had when actually it was the company or the laughter or the thing you were doing or the people you were with that was enjoyable. Alcohol was just an addition to it and actually potentially a negative addition that was zoning you out, making you potentially argumentative, slurry, repetitive and causing you to say and do things by the end of the evening that you might not have done sober. I had some great suggestions from Joanne Midgley who advises to think ahead about what you're going to drink, to be confident if you're asked why you're not drinking. Again, think ahead 
have your response ready as we've already discussed and keep it simple and focus on what you're gaining, not what you're losing. Staying alert and fresh, being able to drive yourself home, not having a hangover and of course the money you're saving. She also says to leave early if you need to. Don't feel you have to stay till the bitter end and I second that. So thank you, Joanne. And some quick tips from Helen Bentley. Red Bull, work out before or exercise so that your endorphins are high. That's a really good idea. She says to work the room and to go for the person who gets drunk the quickest first. I'm presuming that's so you get the most sense out of them. And alcohol-free beer, wine or fizz can have a placebo effect. So that can help you feel like you're joining in. Alcohol-free Mary, otherwise known as Sober the Heck Up, says that she often uses an early yoga class as her excuse, that she's booked into a a 7am class tomorrow, so she wants to be clear-headed if she doesn't want to tell people why she's not drinking. And here's some great tips from Jack Chalice. Thank you very much. She's got some sober tips. She recommends choosing an alcohol-free drink or soft drink that's new to you. For example, she didn't really drink lemonade before, so now when she goes to the pub, she'll order it as it feels like something new or different. And she advises to stay away from alcohol-free alternatives if you feel they might be more of a trigger than a help. And don't be afraid to just leave when you want to. By then, others will probably be tanked up and won't actually notice if you're not there. And she adds, if you don't feel like going in the first place, just don't go. And that's really good advice. You won't regret it, she says. Thank you. And plan something the next morning. You're going to wake up feeling so refreshed, so energised and so smug. Enjoy it. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and all the tips. And whatever you're doing this weekend, enjoy. If you'd like to find out more about my story, then you can head to my website, louisaevans.com where you'll find lots of useful links, including a link to my audiobook on Audible. And you'll also find a range of hypnosis and relaxation downloads that you can try at home on there. Use code SOBERREBEL, all one word, to buy one, get one free. You may like to follow me on Instagram at Stepping Into Sobriety. All of the links are in the show notes. Thank you for listening. And I'll catch you tomorrow.